This is The Wrap, a weekly show wrapping up the week with a recap of the highlights in the film and TV world. I'm your host this week, TJ Draper. In this episode, we'll be exploring all sorts of fun links and videos and synopsis and more, but be sure to stay tuned until the end to find out how you can win our special giveaway opportunities. On Monday, I posted production video number nine from The Hobbit. This video takes a look at some stuff going on behind the scenes, as well as the absolutely insane production schedule. They're still working on the film, and it's due in theaters December 14th. That's just crazy. On Monday, I also released my review of Red Dawn. I found it to be sloppy, ill-conceived, ill-timed, poorly paced, uninspired, and unmotivated, and many other negative things. And worst of all, the cinematography was terrible. It was shot in that shaky, jerky style, but dialed up to 11. It was so bad that I was quite literally nauseous and dizzy when the film was over. This one is not worth catching in the theater, folks. Joseph also had a little something for us on Monday. He posted an article about Blockbuster Video getting into the digital magazine business. You guys remember Blockbuster? No? Well, they used to rent these things to people called cassette tapes, and later, DVDs. I thought they were out of business, but it appears the death thrashes are not over because we just saw a leg kicking. But seriously, a magazine from a video rental company? On Tuesday, I linked to TrekMovie.com's release of the official Star Trek Into Darkness synopsis. Here it is. In summer 2013, pioneering director J.J. Abrams will deliver an explosive action thriller that takes Star Trek into darkness. When the crew of the Enterprise is called back home, they find an unstoppable force of terror from within their own organization has detonated the fleet and everything it stands for, leaving our world in a state of crisis. With a personal score to settle, Captain Kirk leads a manhunt to a war zone world to capture a one-man weapon of mass destruction. As our heroes are propelled into an epic chess game of life and death, Love will be challenged, friendships will be torn apart, and sacrifices must be made for the only family Kirk has left, his crew. I'm a little bit disappointed, actually. It seems rather poorly written. For instance, what on earth does the phrase, detonated the fleet, mean here? Does this mean all the other ships in the fleet get blown up? Because that would just be lame. I have to think this is metaphorical, but it's still poorly written. This past week also saw the mid-season finale of the freshman TV show, Revolution, which I wrote a little bit about on Wednesday. I'm pretty happy with the show myself, and it's going to be a long four-month wait for the rest of the season to air. I know some folks have been criticizing it for being completely unrealistic and for being hackneyed, or just more of the same TV we've learned to hate. I'm looking in your direction, Jason Snell and John Syracusa. I have to disagree, though. I find Revolution to be refreshing in its originality and drama. Sure, it's not completely based in reality, but so what? Wednesday also brought news that Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart would be reprising their roles as Magneto and Professor X, respectively. Personally, I couldn't be more excited for this turn of events in the X-Men universe. They're both great actors who take their craft seriously and are always a joy to watch. They both breathe life into their X-Men characters, so I am greatly looking forward to this one. Wednesday also found Veronica Belmont exploring the possibility of looper time travel being fact or fictional. Personally, I put time travel and therefore time travel films squarely in the realm of fiction and enjoy them on that level. But Veronica and her guest Ronald Mallett call time travel a scientific possibility. 
I didn't understand much of the scientific talk, but it was fun and fascinating nonetheless, and the video is worth watching. Joseph released his review of Life of Pi on Wednesday. He found the film to be a bit of a mixed bag. On the one hand, he found the artistic appeal and the beauty of the film to be breathtaking. On the other, he found some serious philosophical problems with the film. While Joseph and I make an effort to be relevant to all, and as much as we can, we do not hide that we are Christians. Even so, I think, as Joseph did in his review, that there are some seriously irreconcilable problems with the ideas in this film. God has basically taken on the role of Pi's imaginary friend, who goes by names like Jesus or Krishna or whatever. It's pretty pluralistic. The very problem with pluralism, though, is that most of the religions that are being tied together do not allow for each other to be true. Pluralism just doesn't work. While I think it wrong, straight atheism makes far more sense to me. Joseph's final conclusion is that the film may be hard to stomach for its religious nonsense. Wednesday also brought a sort of confirmation that Matthew Vaughn will be directing Star Wars. In an interview, Jason Fleming accidentally spoke of Matthew as if he was the confirmed director of Star Wars 7. Oopsie. On Wednesday, we did our first live streaming of the Movie Byte podcast recording. We only had about seven listeners, but it was a lot of fun, and we're hoping a few more of you might join in this coming week when we live broadcast the recording of episode 21. There's a text chat, and we keep an eye on that, and it's a great way for you to interact with us live. Joseph and I will be broadcasting the recording live as often as we can, so make sure to go to the site and check our schedule page to see what's coming. On Thursday, I wrote a quick article about the recent rumors and subsequent debunking of those rumors that Joseph Gordon-Levitt would be playing Batman in the upcoming Justice League and possibly Man of Steel as well. Here's the thing. The debunking comes from Gordon-Levitt's reps. Of course they're going to deny it if they are under obligation to do so. I don't find this to be a good source for the debunking. I do think there are logical and good reasons for why it's false, but I also wouldn't put it past the studios. IndieWire's The Playlist blog seemed to indicate they always thought the rumor to be false because Gordon Levitt's character turned out to be Robin in The Dark Knight Rises. But I also don't find this to be compelling evidence because we see that Bruce Wayne has retired at the end of the film and Robin has discovered the Batcave. The idea that in this telling of the story he might take up the mantle of Batman instead of being Batman's sidekick is not an unpopular or unwarranted theory. Sure, he's Robin, but Nolan has taken the Batman mythos and made it suit him in many other ways. Nothing says that the fact that Gordon Levitt was Robin means he's going to put on a red and yellow suit with beige tights. All that said, I really hope that this version of Batman is left alone to rest. It's done. It was good. Let it die. Earlier today, I posted the How It Should Have Ended video for Looper. These guys are lots of fun, as is this how it should have ended. It's good for laughs. Check it out. And I posted a Jack Reacher featurette. I'm still really excited about this film and expecting great things from it. It is based on a book by Lee Child and stars Tom Cruise. It will be coming to theaters December 21st, so we can expect to start seeing a lot more of these little tidbits and appetizers coming out at a pretty rapid pace. Check out the featurette in the show notes. And now about those giveaway opportunities. Here's what's going on with our TV giveaway. It's still happening, but site owner Liberty Alliance and sponsor of the giveaway has asked us to extend it by one month. The reason is because we did not get very many entries into the contest. Come on, guys. This is an opportunity to win a free TV with a one-year subscription to Netflix. 
So the contest is now open through December 31st, and we need you to tell your friends and get them to sign up as well. We need to grow the reader and listenership of Movie Bite, and this is a great opportunity for you. Get out there and spread the word. And we have one new opportunity. We need ratings and reviews of the Movie Bite podcast in the iTunes store. And you can rate this one as well if you like. This will help people discover the podcast and help it become popular. So, as we announced on episode 20 of the Movie Bite podcast, which came out on Thursday, we're doing a drawing for The Dark Knight Rises on Blu-ray. And the way you enter is you leave a review for the Movie Bite podcast on iTunes and give us a four or five star rating. That will enter you into the drawing. You can get to the podcast on iTunes by finding the link in the announcement article in the show notes. Or you can simply search for Movie Bite in the iTunes store, and the Movie Bite podcast will be the first listing there. Here's the deal. We need at least 10 reviews with 4 or 5 star ratings to move forward with this contest. And it has to be 4 or 5 stars. It can't be 3 or less. So, if we get more than 10 of those, we'll put all those names in a jar, pull one out, and announce the winner on next week's Movie Bite podcast, and ask you to get in touch with us so we can get you your prize. That's it. Both are simple. Both are great prizes. Go enter. Go tell your friends. These are fantastic opportunities. And that's what happened this past week. You can find all the links in the show notes at moviebyte.com slash the wrap slash six. To keep up with all the news from MovieByte, you can follow us on Twitter. Our username is MovieByte. Or you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash MovieByte. And of course, you can visit the website where we post every weekday at moviebyte.com. I'm TJ Draper, and I've been your host this week, and I'm looking forward to bringing you a lot more fun stuff next week. <laughs>